left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Some of the music from the middle bleeding over here into left versus right. I like it. Yeah, I know. I can, I can deal with it. I can deal with it. You know, I just finished an overnight where I was talking about Tony Sirico, uh, Paulie Walnuts, uh, gone, uh, James Kahn, gone, Rudy being attacked by everybody two days after he had his stents put in, <laughs> yeah, particularly in the Widowmaker vein. He could have died. It didn't matter. Attacking Rudy. It was great. And then I leave here, Anthony Weiner, a little after 6 in the morning, and there's all kinds of traffic being blocked by St. Patrick's Cathedral. I think, oh, my God, you know, the crowd that's uh, pro, um, pro-choice, pro maybe some nuts. Or a parade? What, were they setting up a parade? No. What was going on? No, I thought maybe it was uh, demonstrators because they have yeah, cops yeah. in front there now. And the cops are telling me. Curtis, you're not going to believe this. Say, try it on me. <laughs> What's a drive-by shooting here right before 6? I said, you mean at the cathedral? No, no, no. They were shooting at one another. Two cars speeding down Fifth Avenue. Apparently, they had a fight somewhere else. They passed Versace, Ferragamo, <laughs> Cartier. They're capping shots. They found five shells on the ground. There were probably more. Black uh, Benz and another car. And then they just disappeared. 6 o'clock in the That's morning. That's crazy. So I want to ask you, I know this week was the launch of your podcast about the many ideas that you had first uh, uh, actually exposed the public to when you were running for mayor the second time. Uh, how many t- total points were there? Well, there's two books, 121 ideas. Did any of it's them, called Keys to the City. Did any of them address drive-by shootings at 6 o'clock in the morning at Rockefeller actually, Center at actually, St. Patrick's Cathedral? Actually, idea 14 is stay hunched under your desk <laughs> in the studio on 3rd <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> so so I, I let Sid know, because Sid's been off all week, and, you know, right. John Katsimatidis has been doing double duty, his own show, the 5 o'clock roundtable, right. and obviously with Bernard McGurk in the morning. So uh, immediately Sid texts me, Jesus. I said, yeah, even Jesus ran inside the St. Patrick's <laughs> Cathedral and was stuck him for cover. I mean, yeah. this is mind-boggling. It's, look, uh, you, you know my take on this is that crime is up in the city. It's still a safe city. But this has been a week of craziness. Like with that, I know that you have been way out front. I saw you on, on, on Fox News. I saw you nationally talking about the case of that guy from the deli who, by any description, was a victim of crime and found him spending a night in Rikers Island over it. This has been a very weird kind of few months here. I tell you what it's doing. It's making Adams seem like the guy who's really tough on crime and, and Bragg is turning into the poster child for the problems we have in our city. It's really good news for Adams on a political level. I, I, I heard him on with John Katsavitidis this week. I mean, everyone can rally around this guy, this, 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 this guy who was, you know, he was the victim. Um, but, yeah, you got drive-by shootings at, on Fifth Avenue right in the middle of our tourist center. So it's not like you can say, okay, this is off in some corner of the boroughs where these things are happening. And you imagine you're planning a trip to New York, say, 
Hon, I think uh, we and the kids, we're going to go to Madrid instead, you know, Barcelona. I think we'll avoid New York City. Not a good place to happen. And obviously, this is news that's going to go viral all over the world. Drive-by shooting right outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral, Rockefeller Center at 6 o'clock in the morning. I know. It's going to be like now you're going to have tourism around. Oh, you know, can honey, can we go see a drive-by shooting while we're in New York? <laughs> oh, we don't have to go far. Just go downstairs on Fifth Avenue. But you mentioned Jose Alba. Nobody really paid attention because over the weekend we had uh, 51 shootings. So there was so much crime taking place with the 4th of July fireworks, the festivities, and a lot of people not being in the city. You know, they were out for the extended weekend. By the time Tuesday hit, it began to resonate that you had this Dominican uh, guy behind the counter at the uh, 139th Street Broadway uh, bodega, the Blue Moon Bodega. And we saw the video played over and over, and you're saying, what? This guy got arrested for second-degree murder and is being held on Rikers Island with a pending $500,000 bail. If you can put up 250000 in cash, uh, you know, you could spring him. And then you find out how this all happened. Woman comes in, wants to buy groceries with a snap card, about $30 worth. Uh, he can't, doesn't register. You know, he keeps putting her card in. Swipe car, uh, the food stamp car doesn't register. He said, no, it can't give you any. And so the kid takes some potato chips. He goes, no, I need those uh, potato chips back. Her daughter, she gets all upset. She busts everything up outside of the counter, you know, the inside of the store. And she, I'm going to get my boyfriend. So when you're in an area like 139 Broadway, if somebody says, I'm going to get my gun, I'm going to get my boyfriend, or I'm going to get my posse, you got to assume that it right. might be real. And this guy comes back, he goes over the counter, pushes him into his chair. This is a much older guy. He's not resisting. He's screaming. He's yelling. One of the customers puts her hand in. She tries to distract him. He's yelling at her. Then he decides, no, I'm going to grab the guy. Grabs the guy by the nape in the neck. Who knows what he was going to do? And that's when Jose Alba reaches into the candy section, where clearly all the workers there knew that's where the knife was hidden, and then slashes him. He resists. And the woman is behind him. We don't see her in the video. She pulls out her own knife out of a purse, stabs Jose Alba in the arm. It's quite a struggle. And then uh, the um, the assailant, he bleeds out. He's dead on arrival at the hospital. And Jose Alba is public enemy number one by Alba. Well, let me, let's just pause before you go any further. And the reason we know all this is, one, there's a videotape that if you haven't seen it or you're not from the New York area or hasn't made it through on social media later, we only know all of these details with precision because we can see it happening on the camera. And the part that you just went briefly over is Jose Alva, for much of this video, is sitting in kind of this defensive posture against the wall. It's not like he was in fighting mode. No. It's not like he was, you know, like an, an element of the charge is that he intended to commit this crime of murder or, or manslaughter, or whatever it might be. He was sitting back. And it wasn't until the guy looms over him that he takes any kind of defensive action. He was letting himself get his butt kicked for quite some time yeah, there. Yeah. And so so continues. So this so then now how did he wind up in Rikers? What exactly happened? He was charged with murder? Second degree murder. So Which was, in New York is the highest. Right. Only first degree is higher, and that's for killing a police officer, I think, right? right. So and basically, premeditated. And basically, we right. know this was not premeditated because we don't even know if he knew the guy. Right. Uh, but the fact is, second-degree murder, that's a high charge, high bail. 
He's on Rikers. Uh, God only knows what might have happened to him there if he was put in the wrong tier. Like, for instance, he kills a black guy. So imagine he's put in with black gang members, and they don't know the story. They, they figure, hey, we got to get this Hispanic guy. So you never know what could happen on Rikers. Luckily, uh, I showed up uh, the next day with Nancy, who's a criminal defense attorney, my, my wife, not knowing what kind of defense he had. He had a public defender who happened to be a good one. She was from the Harlem Clinic. Uh, she actually wrote back to me, said, thank you very much for being there, you know, holding it down until the family and friends could try to put together a bail package, which uh, the public defender worked on. And then eventually they came to an agreement he would be released um, on $50,000 bail. And the judge said, no, if you can put up $5,000 cash, family and friends, I'm releasing him right away. And we'll set a court date uh, July 20th. It's probably going to go before a grand jury. I can't imagine uh, in the borough of Manhattan, a grand jury that would indict him. Well, you know, they, the old expression, you know, a, a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich. They, they, they might get it. I can't imagine the prosecutors after all of this still knowing what, you know, when there was the head of a bodega association was on the Cats Roundtable, John Katzmatidis, and he was saying, apropos of what you were describing, how he might still be at some risk, he says that neighborhood, they don't know who this victim was. He might be, you know, he, the, the guy's getting threats. He still thinks that there are people around who are looking for him. The, the, he's not out of the woods yet. The thing that I just, it's funny, when I first saw the video and I first heard the story, I'm like, okay, something must have happened off camera that really changes this narrative. You know, sometimes you'll see that. Sure. Like, okay, there's some element to before or after the, to find out that it was exactly how you described. Nice. And now... You know, even the even what I've heard, no, no one's really disputing that narrative, and still a charge. It is bonkers. Now, the only thing I can think of is this is some political decision by Bragg for all you people that say, "Oh, you want to hold people on bail? All right, I'm going to hold this sympathetic guy on bail." It's the dumbest thing I can imagine, but I, I have not. I agree with you. This is one of those things, and thank God it's on videotape. I mean, yep. thank God it's on videotape because we know of a we know about it. There are a lot of crimes in the naked city. We know about this one. Um, and and these bodega guys, these bodegas are the supermarket, flower shop, ATM machine, lotto machine of last resort. They're open all night. Most of them. Yeah. They're the lifeblood of these communities. And the guys that work in them, they're not, you know, behind, uh, you know, an iron curtain of security. And this guy, uh, all the interviews of his neighbors all say the same thing, salt of the earth kind of guy. But even if he's not, even if he's a complete jerk, he's not guilty of murder by any evidence I've seen so far. And this is just outrageous. Well, uh, there is a cardinal rule. I was the night manager of McDonald's up in the Bronx, Fordham and Webster. Uh, obviously, our owner-operator, John Katzmatidis, uh, started uh, very uh, small with, you know, a simple grocery store, then a supermarket, then, I mean, you know, supermarkets all over the place. But whether it's a diner, restaurant, fast food restaurant, supermarket, grocery store, deli, bodega, there is a cardinal rule. You do not go over the counter. You go over the counter, right. you're a dead man, dead woman, potentially walking. What right. I used to do is when they came over the counter... And they were trying to either steal or fight with any of my employees or just act out. You know, I basically, we would yoke them back in the uh, kitchen area. We would throw them in the freezer, lock them in the freezer, obviously yeah, turn yeah. off right, the right, fan. Right, right. Because it would take two, three hours for the cops to come. Yeah. And by then, they're cool, calm, and collected. But you have to let everyone know you can't be jumped out. Because if that guy was successful and intimidating, 
the bodega guy. And then others would come in and say they'd be walking out with 40s, with chips, with food, uh, with all kinds of items they might be able to sell in the store. you got to draw the line. Imagine all line. You can't let yourself be bullied and intimidated. Also, there are a lot of communities, and you're much more versed in kind of these rule, these these rules of the jungle than I am. But there are a lot of communities that basically they look out for the bodega guys. Like, yeah. you know, they don't want these guys to be forced to have to close down. They don't want these guys to be closed for a week while they have to repair their place. So generally, there's this unspoken rule that, you know, not that they don't get stuff stolen there and things like that, but people don't generally do that. Like, and one more thing I want to point out here, the, and this, this I, I, you described it, but I only learned it this morning reading the newspapers. His stab wound came from the from the from the victim's girlfriend, yeah, the, yeah, the victim's girlfriend who started it all, who started the whole thing. So it might have been a situation that turned out to be him. You know, he could have been be the person getting stabbed very easily. We don't know like how that thing would have spun out if the guy didn't take out a knife. You say to yourself, "Well, why didn't she get arrested? Why did she get a pass?" The other thing, what bodegas do, like old style grocery stores, they give you credit. So let's say you come in, you you know, you live in paycheck to paycheck or maybe you only get paid cash. You know, they have a little book. They'll give you credit without charging you, you know, a VIG. Also, they sell Lucy's. So if you're, like, desperate for a cigarette, you can't buy a pack. It's like $17. They'll sell you Lucy. Uh, They'll do a lot of things that a normal store just can't do. Uh, And they're always there. As, As you said, they're always there for you. When all else fails, you have a problem. You can run in the bodega. The ones who run the best bodegas are the men and women from Yemen. Wow. They're a family. They have little Gurkha knives. You do not want to mess with the Yemenites. I'll never forget. Three generations now, there's a Yemenite family right on the corner, one of the roughest in the city, Rockaway and Livonia, not far from where I lived in Brownsville when I first went to work for McDonald's uh, in the Bronx, and I took the number two train all the way up there. Three generations, they have never been robbed because when they initially opened up, and guys came in there, so many guys got beat up and stabbed up, <laughs> and the cops came from the nearby precinct, 73rd Precinct, they didn't see nothing. Yeah. So, I, unfortunately, I mean, and, you're on your own. And then and then the other thing, on a lot of a lot of shopping strips in the boroughs, the only lit up place at night is sometimes the bodega. Sometimes the pizzeria will stay open late, but that's kind of that becomes kind of the economic anchor and also the safety anchor. So when these kinds of things happening, I kept seeing interview after interview with this guy's neighbors – you know, saying this bodega's a cool place, this guy's a, he's been in there forever, everyone knows him. But I got to tell you, this comes back to this issue about Bragg, that he is in, you know, um, um, uh, former Governor Patterson was on the Cats Rantigle on on Friday, and he said that he had reached out to Bragg to try to get some kind of an answer, and they wouldn't even return his call. I don't, it's almost as if they have, a, a, they were almost suicidal in their policies here. There have been, there are plenty of times. This was a day for Bragg to go hold a press conference in front of that bodega and say, we screwed it up. We make judgment calls every day. This one was a mistake. We're going to make sure it doesn't happen. We're asking that the bell, we're dropping all charges, whatever it is. This was whatever. Just say mea culpa. And instead of that, it's radio silence. There's no real explanation except what, what, what has been going on in court. They're they're getting one up by the judge in the case who's actually taking the more correct position, who seems have half a mind that that judge had half a mind to throw the case completely out, sure. you know, so oh, hopefully this well, winds up working out. Now, okay. The other thing is uh, you see the New York Post editorial today is saying exactly what I've been saying. Eric Adams, mayor, you can't have it both ways. 
You can't say that you leave DAs alone. He says, oh, I don't interfere with Bragg. I don't interfere with Katz, Clark, uh, Eric Gonzalez. But I do interfere with McMahon. I called up McMahon personally. He acknowledged it the other day in the newspaper. I said to McMahon, you should release the person who slapped Rudy on the back, who is the worker at ShopRite, and you should file charges against Rudy Giuliani for filing a false police report. So you can't say, I won't call Bragg because I don't want to interfere with uh, prosecutors. But then you make a personal call, and he admitted it, because you wanted to see Rudy Giuliani arrested for filing a false police report, and you wanted to see the guy who slapped him on the back released. But didn't... I saw a video of Adams in front of the bodega that seemed to be saying that I think this was a miscarriage of justice. But you're saying that he didn't do the next thing, which is call Bragg and say that to him personally. And you know why he won't touch Bragg. First of all, they were both raised in the National Action Network. You know, one of the signers of the Constitution of the uh, National Action Network, the nonprofit, is Eric Adams. Uh, It was started by Al Sharpton right there on 145th Street. Uh, Bragg has been a disciple of the National Action Network. He's risen through the ranks, you know, as a U.S. attorney. He was white-collar specialist. They're friends with one another. But remember, the most powerful prosecutor in America is the Manhattan DA, going back to Morgenthau, right. Cyrus Vance. Now we have Alvin Bragg. And Bragg's specialty is white-collar crime and political corruption. And Eric Adams' city hall is in Manhattan <laughs> Let's face it. It may not be Eric no, Adams. No, I, I think But it might some... be uh, somebody who's working for Eric Adams that could be jammed up. And he there, does not no, look, want to look, piss there off is, there, is, there is a saying in politics, don't pick fights with people who can issue subpoenas. Yes. Right? That's, that's definitely a thing. And I agree. I think to some degree, though, as I said at the open, I think that Adams putting aside, did he call, did he not call, the blame is being laid at the yeah. steps of Bragg for the conditions in all of New York City. I yeah. mean, he's become, you know, now I, I see Lee Zeldin talking about firing Bragg when he's talking in Syracuse. Like, he's become yeah. kind of a symbol of the problem here. And I think, by the way, prosecutors are long overdue, judges are long overdue for, for someone to really take a good hard look on, 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 on under the hood of how criminal justice gets made. Because the legislature passes laws, but you still need courts and prosecutors. And I think it's it's long overdue. But... I can tell you this, Bragg, I am mystified, mystified by how tone deaf he seems to be. Because- I'll give you a prediction. Let's say if we had recall. We don't have recall. He would be the DA of Manhattan. He would not be recalled, and nobody can beat him. Nobody can beat him because, obviously, there's no support for a Republican running, as was the case of last He beat two other women who were just as radical and progressive as him. He just barely beat them. If it wasn't Bragg, it would have been... He wasn't the leftist of the of the candidates. No. He wasn't the most no. left. But I don't know. You know, the, these governor candidates, you would know better because of your experience working with Andrew Giuliani's campaign. I don't think you could, it's very easy for a governor to fire someone. And maybe after the break, we can talk about what would actually happen if you did fire. I don't know how a governor could do it um, because I don't think it's that easy. Well, when we come back, you need to assist... Uh, our many listeners all throughout the tri-state area, from Wildwood to Point Pleasant, out there in the South Shore, Robin Moses State Park, uh, Jones Beach, because of all these shark attacks. People do not realize. Why would you be asking me this? Because you starred in Sharknado 3. Sharknado 3. It How was, did you possibly find that out? Because I understand. Your research department, he, the research department here at Left versus Right is pretty good. You were nominated, right, for a Golden Globe uh, Supporting <laughs> Actor Award. You were the head of NASA in the movie. 
right. I'll, I'll explain what I can about that. But uh, unless, well, no, no. unless there are sharks coming from out of space like there were in Sharknado 3, I don't think I can be of any help. Yeah, but, but um, don't, don't, don't be humble about this. You were the star there. There was David Hasselhoff, right? <laughs> yeah. There was Anthony Weiner. Uh, there what was, was what was the woman's name who starred in it? Um, Bo, uh, what's her name uh, from the movie The Ten? Bo Derek. That's right, Bo Derek. Oh man, there were a number of stars and starlets. Stop being so humble and help our listeners who are now subject to shark attacks all throughout the tri-state <laughs> area. Right here on WABC, your place to be. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Right, you're not going to put your toes in the ocean, no. In fact, a recent survey, Anthony, uh, was that 30% of Americans will not swim because of fear of sharks this summer. Uh, it's a real fear because of the number of shark attacks. The oceans are much cleaner. The sharks are uh, procreating at a phenomenal rate. And they're coming to shore because their desire is baby seals. But if they happen to come across you on the way to hunting for baby seals, guess what? You yes. become shark bait. <laughs> We've had two lifeguards now, back-to-back, in Suffolk County get attacked by sharks while they were acting like a victim so that the other lifeguards can learn what to do if somebody was a victim of a shark attack. And unbeknownst to them, sharks bit them and almost took them under. And so this is a problem in the Jersey Shore. It's a big problem in Florida now. And it's a problem all along the south shore of Long Island. They've been closing beaches. So I said, what can we do? Offer some help. You know, the number one thing is people just avoid going into the water and I said, wait a second, there was Sharknado 1, Sharknado 2, and then there was the movie that you starred in, Sharknado 3, in which you were the head of NASA as a, a, a rocket was taking off. Hold on. This is going to make sense to nobody unless we set it up a little bit. So Sharknado was this, calling it a movie is kind of an exaggeration. It's this collection of D-level celebrities, and the it's the shark's are coming from the sky, I guess. Where are they coming from in the original? Like a storm of sharks, like yeah. a tornado shark. It's tornado. like what just happened in Italy, the, the storm of anchovies that just exactly. started to come out <laughs> exactly. of the sky. Exactly. So Sharknado was this unexpected hit in that it was so campy and so ridiculous that they made they made more of them. In Sharknado 3, it's when the sharks come from out of space and attack, and the only way to stop, we had to stop them, and I was, I played the head of NASA organizing a missile. I think it failed ultimately, but yes. But I, the, the, this is, the, this was my acting debut. I'm SAG. I'm a member of, of, of the Screen Actors Guild because I had some lines. But what got left out of the movie was that at the end of the movie, at the end, every one of the actors gets eaten by a shark. And you all do your scene where you're getting eaten. I was eaten, but they didn't show it. That I got that part got cut out because I think they want to keep me around for Sharknado. Yeah, whatever that's next. Oh, Sharknado no, that, Four. Now, now let's face it; it's not 
1975 George Spielberg. It's it's a low not. budget version, but That's you're right. For sure. People are getting eaten up. The star is the astronaut David Hasselhoff, who, right. as you know, is still the number one singer in Germany. Right. Fresh off of Baywatch, you right. know, with Pam Anderson, you had Michelle. Uh, Michelle Bachman was in there. Right, the congresswoman at the time. Oh, and. Oh, Ann Coulter. I saw oh, Ann that's Coulter. Right. She was the vice president that's of the right. United States. That's right. Oh, my God. If that happened, would we be in trouble? But anyway, yes. the point is, you had all these people, and you were in charge at NASA. We we bisected your lines last night, and I played them over and over. And people said you should have got the Supporting Actor Award from the Golden Globes. I was, I was excellent playing NASA, uh, whatever, ordering the attack, and the shark eats me at the end, and they cut it out, and I'm convinced it's because they still want me to be around for future Episodes, But can I tell you, it's their water. When you say this is a problem because we can't swim, they live there. We're just visiting. If they don't want us there, okay. I mean, why do we think, well, why do we think that we're at the top of every, you know, God created those sharks too and said, you stay in the water, man. You climb out of the primordial ooze and you stay on land. I mean, the sharks have a right to kind of defend their neighborhood. I mean, they Anthony, these are probably shark guardian angels, I think. Anthony, this never happened when we were dumping our raw sewage <laughs> 115 miles offshore. The sharks stayed away. But ever since the EPA cleaned up the water with their restrictions, the sharks are everywhere. And now people are realistically afraid. I mean, they're attacking lifeguards who are training to basically rescue people who have been the victims of shark yeah. bites. I don't think folks have anything to worry about. There are relatively few of them. But I look, if you don't if you if you're gonna swim with the sharks, you better be better become could become fish food. But why don't how do you know that these sharks are just not shark versions of guardian angels? Like these shark <laughs> patrols that are set up to make sure their waters are safe from humans. That's what it could be. Anyway, when we come back though, uh I received the uh cat signal. Not for my 18 rescue cats. What's the charge thing they do? What That's right. That? Uh, it's the cat signal uh, that we need to play the bugle, you know, with Larry Cutler. Right. Charge. Because the, the cat, cat man uh, signaled me and he said, oh, I heard Anthony uh, just the other moment talking about the United States Supreme Court. As you know, John Katzmatidis, not only is he a great host of the roundtable discussion, 5 o'clock Monday through Fridays, then Sunday mornings, 8 to 10, all the guests that are newsbreakers. And then, obviously, he substituted for Sid Rosenberg all week with Bernard McGurk, 6 to 10. But he's the guy who saved WABC. Uh, he's the one who put me here, put you here. So when he says he wants to talk, guess what? The Red Sea parts like it did for Moses, <laughs> escaping Yul Brenner, the Egyptian pharaoh. Anyway, he wants to talk Supreme Court. We'll talk Supreme Court up next. And then also have to talk a little bit of the red flag laws. Everybody talks red flag laws, but I don't see anywhere in the country where they're being utilized. Right here on Left versus Right, it's Anthony Weiner. Yours truly, Curtis Lee. If you missed uh, Anthony Weiner's first hour where he goes solo in the middle, just go to WABCradio.com for the podcast. And he's got the brand-new podcast about fighting crime in the city, just resurrecting his plan that he would have put into place uh, had he not gotten into trouble, because he would have been the mayor of the city of New York and not Comrade Bill de Blasio, who single-handedly destroyed this city that we love. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability, 
worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. This is the Catman's uh, theme song. This is the theme song, yeah. So he was listening intently to you in your first hour of the middle, the show that you host on your own, and you were talking about the Supreme Court. So John, yes, he said, "Is it okay if I join the discussion?" I mean, he's the owner operator. You, you want the full hour, you got it. But this is the way he operates. He always asks, even though he saved WABC for all of us so that our voices could be heard. So, John, are you on the line? I, I am on the line, but you guys keep me up all the time. You know, you kept me up all night, Curtis, talking to yeah, – your show was pretty good last night. You had all-time highs. And, and Anthony, you had all-time highs today. I tried to get a few hours sleep this afternoon, and I can't sleep. <laughs> John, you know, I don't understand. When do you sleep? You know, they say that Mayor Adams never sleeps. He's a, you're on in the morning this week. You're on in the evening this week. You're calling in on the weekend. You know, they, they say ABC stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. It's really Always Broadcasting Katsimatidis. Well, me and Curtis are fighting about that. And uh, <laughs> the other thing we're, we're going to fight about is maybe we should go out and make movies between uh, <laughs> between Curtis, me, uh, you, Anthony, and, and Sid Rosenberg will be a volunteer for sure. We go out and buy a movie company and start to make movies. Well, I'll, I will be—I will be the—I'll be the heartthrob. I'll be the good-looking one. Well, we need somebody like that, John. When me, you get a moment, me, you, I'll be the—I'll be the old timer. <laughs> Who was the old timer that always played uh, in all the movies? I'll be the old timer. Well, I tell you what, John. When you get a moment, I know you're very busy. You got to go online, both you and Margot, and watch Anthony Weiner star in Sharknado Three. Uh, which is one Let me of these. Tell you something. I have it on on my optimum uh, 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 television in the Hamptons. I still have it saved. Oh boy! So I could see it any time. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a great movie. Uh, I, it is not. It was a great it, movie. It is not a great. You can call it many things. I would not say great is one of the things I would say. But uh, was, I appreciate it because. Every time, every time you watch it, I get three point one cents. So it's not bad for me. Well, I'll watch it at least one more time this weekend. Now, John, well, you, a couple you, of things I wanted to mention, the guys. You know, I I, I listen all the time, uh, and this morning I was listening to Bo Schnurdly because I was we were driving out to to, to Long Island, and Bo is the guy that said that nine hundred thousand uh, barrels of. Uh, uh, oil was sold to the company in China, that, and I have not done the research. The company in China uh, that was connected to uh, uh, Hunter Biden. I have not done the research, but I think we we should look at it and see if it, if they were given priority. But when I look at strategic reserves, it should be strategic reserves, not in the open market, for the United States of America. Full stop. 
I don't know much more than that, but I will I, I will do the research and I will ask Bo Schnedley, uh, uh, uh where he got his information from. Well, I've actually done a little looking into this, and we had a really good caller today today about it. So. There's two types of oil that are in reserve, and there is one type that our refineries like. It's a richer, it's easier to convert into gasoline. And there's a type that is more commonly used and is cheaper. It's heavy crude. I'm in the oil business. Right. It's heavy crude and light crude. But it's a world market. We have refineries in the United States of America that can use both. Right. But they Let's do a deep research. Uh, we use heavy crude. Yeah, but it's the the. We the, were not offered any. The first, no, the first, first of these, you're not offered. You get, you get all. It's an auction. Well, we were not offered any. We were not made. Uh, uh, we were not made knowledgeable of the auction. And okay, well, how do you say? Okay, Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> whatever will be, will be. Singing is not. I'm not. I'm not going to become a singer. Yeah, well, you, you are. You aren't a singer. I'm not an actor. We have something in common. I will tell you this, though, John. In my going around, you know, Luke Oil is owned by Putin in Russia, and I have seen very few people uh, lining up to get Luke Oil. And Citgo is owned by Maduro in Venezuela. I've seen very few people uh, line up to get Citgo. I think they're well aware of who profits when the, they pump that gasoline into their tanks. Well, let me tell you, China and India are buying a lot of Russian oil. You know right. the reason why? They're getting a minimum 25% discount for market. If the market is $100 a barrel, they're buying it for 75 Yep, yep. Or but, whatever the ruble equivalent is. By the way, I know we're all going to go out and celebrate this. Today's the 25th day in a row of gas prices coming down. Thank you, Joe Biden. Well, you know, hold your breath. Uh, <laughs> I, I was on, I was on uh, Fox Business, and I said that uh, we have it's about two weeks ago that we reached peak oil. And that inflation is going to start reversing itself because it will not go above. Unless there's another war, right, it right. won't go above 120, 125. And it's down to 105, 110 right now. And I, I warned uh, Chairman Powell not to raise interest rates to the degree where you put the rest of the country out of business. And I think that's the most important discussion. I'm not an economist. I'm a college dropout. But I am a Brooklyn Tech guy. But John, let me uh, John, let me ask you a question. So yeah. we gained, we had a really good jobs report this month. Infl yeah. um, unemployment is staying steady. Wage rates aren't go, wages aren't going up all that much, which is actually in a weird way good because it's it's one of the reasons we have inflation. It went up. Wages went up six percent. Inflation went up eight percent. So the, the wage owner earner, earners are still behind the curve. Right, but. If we increase the supply of oil and we flood the market with United States and Canadian oil, oil prices could go down to 65, 70, 75 right away, and inflation goes away. If Jay Powell increases interest rates the way everybody is pushing them to, and don't forget, these economists are, are smart guys, but they know nothing about business. Because if they raise the interest rate so high, it's going to kill the real estate market. It's going to kill other industries in the United States of America, and we're going to have an additional problem. Now, yeah. John, uh, what I don't understand is wherever I go retail, whether it's a diner, a grocery store, a mom-and-pop shop, they can't get help. They can't hire people. That's why a lot of diners are not open 24 hours. 
if a recession hits, some people would say, I heard Cut, uh, Cudlow the other day with you saying, well, we may be in the beginning of, uh, of a uh, recession. Will that force people to go back to work? No, the recession ends and people come back to work. You know when? When they stop using their government checks that they were given by Washington. Mm. You know, enough is enough, guys. Uh, people have to go back to work, and that's uh, my philosophy. And, and Curtis, you know, uh, on everybody at the, uh, Red Apple, everybody at, at Christini's, we worked 24-7. We, we never stopped. 365 days our, our oil companies were, were pumping away. Our uh, supermarkets were working. Our WABC was always on working. And uh, you know what it takes? It takes a strong CEO to say enough is enough. And if you have a wussy for a CEO, you know what happens? What, ha- what happened to Polaroid? What happened to Kodak? What happened to General Motors? Bankruptcy. Yeah, you know, no, I was up in Rochester. Now, one more thing before we run out of time. Yes. I also wanted to bring up Governor Patterson is working very hard, to, and he goes back way back with, uh, uh, with Bragg, Alvin Bragg, and he used to have common sense, he tells me, and trying to influence him to have common sense because uh, I, I interviewed Mayor Adams on Friday, and he agrees. 3,000 violent criminals in New York City that are repeat violence, repeat. And if those 3,000 criminals were, were, would be put away and violent criminals, then the other 8.5 million New Yorkers can live in peace. And that's bottom line, guys. That's okay. bottom line. And uh, every common sense, we had a, we had a uh, breakfast this morning for uh, county, uh, Suffolk County uh, exec, uh, Steve Ballone. And he agrees 110%. Suffolk County, well, where I live on weekends, doesn't have the problem New York City has because they do what they do, have to do to keep uh, Suffolk County residents safe. So, John, John, are are you telling us that my husband-in-law, the former governor, David Patterson, is working back channels with Alvin Bragg to get him to modify his positions? My husband-in-law? Your husband-in-law, your your stepfather to your son, uh, is is one of the smartest guys I know. And uh, he is... is, He knows Alvin Bragg for a long time, and it's just talking to him. Look, being able to talk, and all I want is common sense. And that's that's what I did with uh, Mayor Adams when I interviewed him on on Friday. I wanted to make sure, uh, and I made the front page of the Daily News today, and I didn't even die. That's the good news. (laughs) Uh, but, But the bottom line is that Rudy was very sick. Uh, and Curtis, you were next to him. You know that. Yes. And 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 he's it was a little bit extra sensitive. And w- when that guy hit him over uh, the back, no matter how light or how heavy, he couldn't breathe. And he, he, you know, he went up three days later, four days later, was it five days later? He went in to the hospital uh, to have stents put in to be able to breathe better. 
Yeah, they, I, uh, I just one, wanted. That, I, I, I didn't criticize him over it, but I just, I just gave him the information that he, so he knows it. Well, that widowmaker's vein, if it gets clogged up, you could really be in serious trouble. That was one of his veins that was clogged up. Luckily, he had his two stents put in, like our own Mark Levin has had many stents, like former uh, Vice President Cheney. In fact, he even has an artificial heart now. Uh, Rudy's feeling a lot better, but boy, let me tell you something, John. He wasn't getting any love from Senator D'Amato or from Al, uh, from Eric Adams at all. Well, you know, Curtis, Senator D'Amato is a character. <laughs> I love him dearly. I know him for 40 years, but you weren't getting any love either. No, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I was there in the restaurant where the two of you almost had a fist fight. That's true. We were listening to Rand Paul. Imagine this, uh, Anthony. We were listening because he was talking about his sparring matches with Dr. Fauci. Very interesting. He, he tells good stories. And we're enjoying our lunch. John had put the lunch together, I think, along with uh, Senator D'Amato. And, you know, I was running for, at that time, the Republican primary. Hadn't even won that yet to go on to the general election. And I, I, I had to leave, and I say goodbye to everybody. And D'Amato looks at me and goes, you, you, I will do everything I can to make sure you don't become the next mayor. And then I can't repeat what he said afterwards. You and your friend, no, Rudy. it's just like the oh. Godfather movie, uh, Curtis. Remember the Godfather movie? Yes. <laughs> you came to my home. You <laughs> ate my mother's cooking. <laughs> you tell the story. Yeah. You ate his mother's cooking. I went and, out. Then, yeah. and then you criticized her. Yeah, I went to Island Park because he was running against Bobby Abrams at the time. I was hosting uh, the morning show for WABC. It's 92, so, right? Right. The contest was... Whose mother could make the best food? Now, Bobby Abrams' mother lived in Co-op City. She would drop the F-bomb. You'd never know that. Little never-she schlubby Bobby Abrams. His mother was like a longshoreman, but she made great matzo ball soup. She made floaters, not sinkers. Right. Then I go out to Mama D'Amato's house, Island Park. Uh, Al D'Amato had not arrived yet. The father is sitting there in the library reading, just like the commercials. She's stirring the sauce. The food was magnificent. I, I rated her the better cook. Al will never forget when I sided with Rudy in his battles with Al D'Amato that I took Rudy. said, I let you in my house in Island Park. <laughs> you were there with my mother and father. You are a traitor. Even though, remember, John, I sided with Al D'Amato and George Pataki when Rudy supported Mario Cuomo. So I broke ranks with uh, Rudy Giuliani in that election. But this sounds like a Katsimatidis well, peacemaking mission, that someone has to intercede here and make peace between these uh, these beloved New Yorkers. And that's what I do. That's what I specialize <laughs> in. I want Listen, I, 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 I just want peace among all New Yorkers, and I want New Yorkers to have peace, and I want New Yorkers to, to be safe. I want we Hey, all three of us, we love New York. And we want New York to make a comeback, and we want the 66 million tourists that we, you, we used to get before COVID, we want them back. Yeah. Uh-oh. Anthony, look out the window. Describe to John how many pigeons you see waiting for me this there. Is, Describe this is, that. This is the pigeon posse, we call it. They, they, they loom by 20s and 30s and 40s waiting for Curtis to get off the air. Sometimes they don't even wait, John. I don't... It's about 100, 100 pigeons that follow me from the Upper West Side, at John. At least 100. At least 100. So, John, I want to tell you, if you're yeah, able I, I hope Marco gave you enough pigeon food <laughs> yes. to keep those pigeons. I fed them one time, and the building went to Emily Pankow and yelled at her to yell at me for feeding the pigeons. <laughs>
<laughs> That's what you get for trying to do a good deal. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy the building. Yes. Yeah, then I can feed the pigeons every day who follow me here. That's it. You give, That's give. It. And we'll take those sharp things off the windows so they can they can land in peace. Yeah, they'll, oh. get, they'll get little birdie ID cards that they can come in when they need to. Yeah, that's the way to yeah, do no, it. Yeah, no, you see these spikes here that the building put up? Nancy cries when she sees them because uh, she takes care of the pigeons uh, where we live. But, Ron, uh, John, you, you might consider doing that. That's well, right. We'll, we'll, we'll welcome everyone to Left versus Right. It's Pigeon Talk here at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon with, uh, with, with John Katsimatidis. Listen, it, it shows in uh, a uh, big breakfast this morning with uh, Steve Ballone, it was uh, the fact is uh, the 15% of the extreme right and the 15% of the extreme left, the heck with them. Let, let the common sense Democrats and the common sense Republicans sit together at the same table and make a deal. A hundred percent. Look, the, I, that's why, you know, you suggested I call my show the middle because that's really where most of our listeners are. They're, they're not the, they're not the, the, the hard right. They're not the hard left. They're people who want to have some common sense around things. And I got to tell you, the volume on the common sense middle is getting turned down every day while the fringes are getting louder and louder. And that's what makes me pessimistic. Yeah. That's why 75% of Americans say they're pessimistic about the direction of the country. Now, uh, Curtis's, uh, uh, bro- not brother, husband in law, David Patterson uh, made big news last week because uh, during the primaries, there was the assembly, uh, the assembly uh, primaries, and uh, AOC endorsed nine assembly people. Seven of the nine lost. So we called it the segment, the rise and fall of AOC. And, and we have to... People in New York City, they want us. We want our city back, and the heck of the people are trying to ruin our city. Agreed. All right. Well, now, pre- well the Supreme Court. That's the la- my last uh, thing I wanted to mention. The Supreme Court, Anthony. I understand th- their decision was that the fact was that the Supreme Court does not make the laws. The laws of the land are made by Congress. And you were a congressman. Right, but who makes the so right? Say, yeah, but what about the rights? Never mind the laws, the rights. You have a right to practice well, your religion. Who can take that away from you, a legislature? No, because that's your right. No, but that's when the Supreme Court should shoot, shoot it down. In other words, the Congress makes the decisions uh, on the laws. And if it violates our way of the the way our way of life if it violates the constitution then it goes to the supreme court and if it violates our constitution then they shoot it down that's right and but they the, they took the, away the supreme a, court a, doesn't have the right to make laws well they did it first of all they did an epa versus west virginia and but you can't say you send it back to the states if it's a right you can't send the right to 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 the second amendment to the states you can't take the the well the, let it go to the federal government i don't know it, it goes to legislature no it, it's to, as long as it goes no, it goes to the people. It doesn't matter. To the people. You have a right to let practice it, your religion. A woman has a right to her own body, period. No one gets to take let, that away. Let's do, uh, let's do a national referendum. I, no, you don't. That. You, I, I can't take away your rights by a vote. You have your rights no. that are – and God gave you your rights, John, not any Congress. I agree 100 percent. Look, I, I agree 100 percent with you. Uh, look, my position on, on abortion has always been, and Anthony, you were there, and Curtis, you were there, is that a, a woman 
with her doctor, with her family, makes their own decisions. That's, right. That was my that was my position. Now, and, uh, and, and not a legislature in Mississippi can't take that woman's right away. I don't care. I'm just saying it sent it back. The court is there to say that some things God gave us, some things the Constitution protected, and this is one of them. To send it back to the states is to take away a right. May I make a suggestion? Well, I'm not sure about that. Well, what do you say, Curtis? Uh, I don't want to go and talk to your God, John, because we'll be in the church, the Greek Orthodox Church, for five hours. And the fall down. For five hours. The ceremonies go on forever. I know, but you come out of there smelling very nice, though. You come, oh, oh. You know, the smoke me, and me everything. And, uh, me and Curtis were in the ceremony uh, on the uh, uh, in Havana uh, when Castro uh, – and you know what picture we're looking for? The – Castro took the the was the patriarch was there to open up the church in Havana, and Castro took the cross and put it over the no the patriarch took the cross and put it over the Castro's head and he accepted. Let me see if I have that. Let me see if I have that picture, John. Is you that... should look. I offer ten thousand dollars. Oh, man, let me look quick. <laughs> now you got to go look for sure. <laughs> let me look quick. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, John. Thanks for. Uh, uh, keeping this show alive, putting us both together, and giving us an opportunity to express our opinions as our other talk show host colleagues, uh, both hostess and hostesses, have that opportunity because of you and Margot. And, John, I don't I, 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 By the way, your ratings just hit an all-time high, so keep going, guys. All right. Well, thanks a lot, John, and thanks for putting us together. This is what Great New York is about, left versus right, me and Curtis, and it would have happened if it weren't for you, so I'm grateful. Well, God bless, and have a great day. And, uh, Curtis, I'll be listening at midnight. Oh, yeah. I'll crank it up. I'll keep you up to the break of dawn, John. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. That was spirited. Anthony, both you and John going at it back and forth. That's what Great Talk Radio is about. And thank God, coming up now, following us, is the continuation of the audio documentary series about the birth of WABC. It's going to be our 100-year anniversary. It's Episode 7, all the talk show hosts and hostesses who are homegrown, who actually developed their... uh, their uh, talent, their ability to communicate right here at WABC. And the other good thing about it, it knocks out Frank Morano, who thinks, yeah. oh, I'm such a big shot now. I have a nationally syndicated, syndicated show. He's very fast. Listen, I, I told you I'm on Team Curtis. I've always been on Team Curtis, but he is really lighting it up, Morano. He's all over the, he's all over the country. All he's, over the country, yep. Monday through Fridays, 1 to 5. It's no longer local. It's yep. a nationally syndicated show. But remember, four to five used to be the best of, which I call the worst of any show uh, from four to five. But we're having this documentary series and I'll be cutting it up tonight and critiquing it since I've probably been here the longest. And by the way, for those of us a certain age, 77 was where we got our music when we were kids. Yes. You know, you know, it's now known for the being the most powerful talk and news station in the country. It was a radio station where many of us were introduced to the radio, the idea of the transistor radio listening for the hits. Um, so it is, it is really a historic place, and it's a great documentary. And, uh, and that, it's, that, that it is preempting Murano gives us, uh, those of us on Team Curtis, a double reason to listen. Exactly. And by the way, if you miss any of that, you can go to the podcast at WABCRadio.com. You know, we used to carry Yankee baseball 
uh, at one point when I first came to WABC. I would do the post, post, post game show after John Sterling. Do you know this past July 4th, which was George Steinbrenner's birthday, the Yankees did not play baseball July 4th. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. That's never happened before. George Steinbrenner must have been turning in his grave. I can't believe that. As we say in the neighborhood, it's a Shonda. No baseball on July 4th. We used to have doubleheaders, Met fans, Yankee fans. No baseball, but you had live and local talk here at WABC, starting with John Katsimatidis in the morning. It's always live and local here.